everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Nothing But Locks. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my co-host, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this Sunday morning, Robert? Ali, we're doing great. Here we are, week number seven. Man, time is flying. I can't wait. This is this is going to be a week that I really feel we're going to take a look and see just how much more of these favorites are going to keep coming in, Ali. I, I, I've never seen a, a run like this in many, many years. You and me both, because we're under. I am an underdog better. Uh, <laughs> I did pretty well in my picks last week. I was nine and six, I believe, against the spread. So I'm doing pretty well on the year. I don't know my exact number, but in my one league, I'm in first place. My other league, I'm in like the top five, I think. But Robert, let's go right into the trends before we get into some of the games. What were we looking at for underdogs versus favorites, overs versus unders last week? What do we got? For our, our listeners at home, you definitely want to strap in for this one. Favorites have now improved, Ali, to 60 and 31 straight up on the season and 47, wow. 39 with five pushes against the spread, right? And that's on the season. If we just take a look at what happened in week number six, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Uh, we're, we're looking now at favorites finishing 11 and four straight up, 10 and five against the spread, home teams. 10 and four straight up nine and five against the spread with one neutral site unders good lordy unders 12 two and one and primetime unders three and oh so this is the thing that really really jumped out at me ali i had to look do some research before we started our show uh for only the second time since 1994 nine teams won in the nfl this past week without scoring 21 points that's the whole salary cap era right the Raiders won on Sunday scoring just 21 points all because of a late safety against the Jets <laughs> it's just I mean I I feel like I'm taking a DeLorean back to the 70s or 80s with these final scores yeah I mean I'm an under better too and I like uh I like the un- a lot of the unders today I think you have <laughs> it too there's a lot of injured quarterbacks in the league a lot of people have to use their backups but it'll be interesting to see One game, though, Robert, that I don't think will go under, and it's the first one I want to concentrate on today. I think it's, I believe at least, it's the biggest game of the weekend. And that's the Dolphins versus the Eagles. Eagles are coming off what many probably think is a surprising loss against the Jets. I actually had that pick. I had the Jets with six and a half points. I thought there was a possibility they would pull off the upset. The Eagles just, they're not the same team as last year, despite their record. They've had a lot of close closer games than they should. So, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here, Dolphins versus Eagles? This is the beauty of of making spreads in these games, Allie, right? I had I had I had to come up with some kind of an opener. And so we opened the Eagles almost a week ago uh, as a three-point favorite, and it's been dancing. That was the ceiling, right? So we've been dancing between two and two and a half all week till we got to our current number this morning. Two and a half. That total now 51 and a half, Allie. This is an interesting game where I kind of went back and forth and I let my bias sway me at first into taking the Dolphins because everyone knows I'm a Giants fan and I I don't want to pick the Eagles, even if it is just a pick em league. <laughs> but the more I thought about this, Robert, this is actually a good matchup, in my opinion, for the Eagles. Now, their defense hasn't been as shut down as it was last year, but it's still a good defense. And when we saw Miami struggle especially against the Bills, is when teams have good defenses. That's how you shut down Miami's offense. And Miami's defense is not good at all. 
So you can even have an anemic offense, as we saw against some teams, and put up anywhere from 17 to 20 points on the board. So when I analyze this one more, I just think that the Eagles are going to do a job of living to a Let's not forget that Miami lost its starting running back to IR. So they're going to have, even though they have a deep, they have a deep uh, field in the backfield. Right. That that kid's still H on, right? His name is? Exactly. Yeah. He, uh, he's on my fantasy team, which now he's on the bench. But uh, he, he, he does make a difference for that team. So I think we're going to see that this Sunday, that the Dolphins are just going to be limited to what they can do on offense. And Jalen Hurts and the rest of the Philadelphia offense is going to be able to take advantage of that Miami defense. That is the main thing, in my opinion, that I believe is going to hold back the Dolphins from getting to the Super Bowl this year. What's your take on this game? You know, I I, I think that this is going to be the game of the week, and I'm glad that we're leading with it, Allie. Uh, by the way, uh, let's say hello to some new uh, Dolphins and some new Eagles. Uh, Chase Claypool, you're a Dolphin. Uh, especially knowing that, you know, we've had some, some injuries, of course, it happens every single place. Uh, you know, we, we have, uh, them as an addition, uh, uh, on the Miami side, I have a feeling that, uh, at this point, if we take a look on the other, and by the way, Julio Jones, uh, you're an Eagle. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> say I don't think he's ready to suit up, is he? For Pro- this? Probably not. I mean, he he's just really acquired. I don't know right. if maybe he goes out and just gets a couple of reps. But, uh, you know, what we're looking at, obviously, is injuries. And that's the one thing I keep focusing on as we start heading into today. I've got a feeling Xavier Howard's probably not going to be 100%. That's not going to assist the Dolphins defense, which is uh, kind of shaky to begin with. Uh, that's really not what the Dolphins are known for, though. They're known for putting up 30, 35 a game. This is going to be one of those games where we set the total as high as anyone on mm-hmm. the board in week number seven. So with total 51 and a half, uh, there's going to probably be an awful lot of scoring on this side. Uh, I really think that we're going to see, you know, quite an explosion from Raheem Mostert on Miami. Uh, we're going to obviously see both Hill and Waddle healthy, uh, even though we did see Hale come, you know, off to the sideline on one of his catches, didn't look like that was going to affect him at all uh, as he's coming back for tonight's game. But Ali, if if we're looking for a lean here, uh, just from a betting perspective, if I had to put on my hat and go on the other side of the counter, uh, that 51 and a half, I probably wouldn't be surprised if we see it even go higher as we see today's games go on by this morning. Yeah, I, I said at the beginning, I like the over for sure. But I do like the Eagles in this contest. And you mentioned the Dolphins running game. I think one of the most unsung heroes, if you want to call it, or the most underrated acquisitions of this offseason was the Eagles trading for DeAndre Swift. Because he's been stellar for them, Robert. And I think that that can make the difference. Miles Sanders, we look at over in Ca- in Carolina, he hasn't done anything all year. No. No. So if there's an X factor in the game, I believe it's Swift. What about you? Yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, let's not forget about the Eagles side of the offense as well. Yeah, obviously, you know, we're taking a look at how much depth they're going to have. Philadelphia on their side, DeAndre Swift, boy, was that an upgrade uh, over Miles Sanders. They, he's been really, really electric when he's given the ball. And look, <laughs> if, if you can line him up, go ahead and line him up in the slot. You might think that that's going to be a passing play. Well, guess what? You only have one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league in Jalen Hurts. So 
uh, very multifaceted. I, I I really think it's going to help open up the game significantly. Uh, the <laughs> I, again, the more I look at it, Ali, I, I really don't know if there's going to be much resistance on either side of the ball. Uh, and I think both of these offenses are going to be pretty explosive all day today. All right, let's move on to the next game, which I want to highlight, which I also think is one of the best games that we're going to see this weekend. And that's the Chiefs and the Chargers. We know about this rivalry. It always seems to be fireworks when these two teams play. You have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, all – I would say – I would put them in the top three quarterbacks in this league along with Josh Allen if, if I had to make a list. But, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? I didn't see a single move all week. Uh, it, it Basically, we're as equal as we can uh, across the board on tickets and money count here, Allie. Uh, Chiefs five and a half, still the same number from our opener. The total, however, is where it dropped. This one was the highest, so at least tied with Miami and, and Philadelphia at 51. Well, it started to drop. It's uh, now only 48, uh, pretty low for a Chiefs Chargers total. Yeah, th- that kind of struck me at first, but I don't know, Robert. The Chiefs just haven't put up, besides when they blew out the Bears 41-10, they really just haven't put up points this season. I don't know why. Maybe it is it is Patrick Mahomes not really having any weapons besides Travis Kelsey in the, the receiving core. But this game, too, I just believe when these two teams face each other, it's always a close game. So I'm going to side with the Chargers on this one and take the points. Yes, the Chargers have underperformed this year, but they also have had a pretty difficult schedule. They opened the the season against Miami. They just played the Cowboys last week. When I look at the, the Chiefs schedule, Robert, you know, I don't know how to decipher this season. They opened up and lost against the Lions, who are another top team in the league. But they didn't have Travis Kelsey, so we'll give him a pass. And they didn't have uh, Chris Jones. Then they beat the Jaguars, which I think the Jaguars are overrated this season. They were easily blew out the Bears. The Jets, the Jets, even though they played them hard, I and the Jets won last week against the Eagles. I still think the Jets are a little overperforming with Zach Wilson there. But then they beat the Vikings last, two weeks ago. Vikings uh, wide out. Justin Jefferson went down. I don't know if I'm impressed with this Chiefs team yet this year. And I think the Chargers have underperformed, and they're going to break out in this game. I think the Chargers can win. I'm going to be safe inside with the points. But what are you looking at on your end? You know, Ali, it's 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 an incredible thing that we are dicing up a Kansas City Chiefs team that's five and one. But I'm going to jump right on board with you. It's just not. I mean, they let the Broncos get in the game last Thursday. <laughs> like did. I was watching that game. I had the Broncos plus ten and a half in my pick 'em, so I was a little upset when they kicked that field goal at the end. But, I mean, for as bad as the Broncos game, uh, Broncos have been all year. They let them back in that game. They did. They did, exactly. And it's not exactly something that, you know, Kansas City is really known for or can rely on. And they've had their share of injuries as well. They had a couple that came across, actually, uh, from Kansas City's perspective. Oh, let's let's go ahead and play uh, Say Hello once again. Meet Cole Hardman Jr. You're back with Kansas City. Uh, he got traded from the Jets a uh, couple of days ago, yeah. and now he's back in the mix. Uh, probably won't take him too long to figure out the playbook, being that he was a former chief himself. I think that that's going to help. Uh, you know, look, they've Kansas City's been looking for you know a number one, so to say, you know, outside of Kelsey for you know pretty much all season long. Uh, I really don't know if at this point they really care. Uh, they, they're just going to continue to run their reps and find themselves getting open. 
Uh, the defense that the Chargers are going to put up is probably going to be far more impressive than anyone that Kansas City has played. Maybe that's exactly why that total has dropped all week long. Yeah. Allie, five and a half is definitely not a key number of six, and it's certainly not low enough to make me think that this is way too low a number. It's kind of this gray area that I like right. to say. It's always between four, four and a half, all the way up to five and a half. Tough number to lay. Um, so I would probably lean as well with you on taking LA here plus five and a half. That total, though, is making me think that I could probably find a way for them to get over that 48. Remember, 49, a key number in, in pro football betting. Uh, and so my lean actually would be to go over that 48 for myself perspective. I'm going to go the opposite. I actually do think it's under, I think the chargers defense will be better. They have improved in recent weeks. I, for some reason, they just weren't performing the first three weeks. I, I think this team is getting it together now. They seem to have turned it around. I know they lost to the Cowboys last week, but they did have some, they did have two key victories. So I think this chargers team is an underperforming team. They, but Robert, let's be honest. They need a new head coach. Is is that on? Is that under question <laughs> at all? No, Ali. How many episodes have we done together? For the yeah. listeners at home that haven't checked our archives yet, I think Ali's been asking for the head of the head coach of the Chargers for I don't know how many episodes now. This has to probably come down on him as well. Two and three. Look, I get it. Haven't had Eckler. Mike Williams is out. Okay. Excuses, excuses, excuses. That's that's kind of where we're at. Everyone gets injuries. You've got Eckler back. Yeah, I'm a Giants fan. I know everyone gets injuries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to uh, debate you on that. Um, we could we can hot seat it as much as you want, and, and we could always start in L.A. <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we have a few more games to highlight. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. We just got done analyzing Chargers Chiefs, but wrote both Robert and I like the Chargers, Dolphins Eagles. I like the Eagles. We both like the over for that one as well. Let's move on to a game, Robert, that right now it's a Monday night. It's the Monday night game. There's a lot of question marks on the 49ers side of the ball, but current odds for tomorrow's game, Robert. 49ers Vikings. What do we got? Absolutely. Yeah. 49ers Vikings. This is a game we got key, key injuries, obviously, everywhere that's been affecting the number. But as we are right now here Sunday morning, San Francisco still a seven point favorite. The total pretty low, very low, actually. 44. Yeah. I, I, well, I do like the under in this, but let's, let's, do we know, Robert, as of now, is McCaffrey playing? Is Samuel playing? What's going on on the 49ers injuries? Yeah, there's 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 a lot to be said about how we break down injuries and review them. This one has a grand, grand amount that we need to take a look at. Uh, more importantly, just these are the players, you know, from the key perspective. But I want to start on the interior. Uh, Trent Williams, uh, maybe the greatest offensive tackle I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, he still is questionable with a foot injury. Uh, he left his, you know, obviously he left the last game. I'm I'm still not sure that he's going to be a hundred percent. No, Trent Williams is going to really, really doesn't matter who's lining up behind Purdy. Uh, you don't have Trent Williams, you're you're going to suffer. Uh and, and so that's still questionable. Uh Christian McCaffrey, when we take a look at what happened to him, uh obviously his oblique 
is a very complex injury and you wanted to really start to figure out what may have happened there and why isn't he able to explode off the ball. And that's exactly what we were looking at there. I feel that what we're looking at is him probably not playing. Right. Uh, and, and so without him, you're going to have to go to the backups on that side of the ball. Debo Samuel, another injury that you have to consider in this one, because he was clearly, you know, you, you line up Debo Samuel anywhere that you want, uh, whether it's behind quarterback or out on wide split him, he's going to probably be not a hundred percent either. So I feel that that already is a very significant amount of injuries being a seven point favorite on the road. But I mean, Minnesota's not without key injuries as well. Uh, Justin Jefferson, we know uh, for a fact, uh, right. hamstring injury, it's, it's really bad. Um, I feel that it's probably more on the heavy outlier side. And so he's probably looking at more like six weeks out instead of four. And so they're going to have to rely on Hawkinson, obviously. And, uh, everything that they're going to have to do is an offense. That's going to have to rely on someone that's other than one of the best wide receivers in the game right now, Ali. There's just so many injuries on both sides of the ball. That's why the under is appealing to me. And when I pick the under, I usually then also like the underdog as well. I would snatch up the seven points now while you have it. Because the, like Robert said, there is a good – I and I have Christian McCaffrey on my fantasy league. So I don't think he's playing tomorrow, and I have big decisions to make today. I, I think that the Vikings will remain within the seven points. I'm not going to be surprised if the spread drops once there is news about McCaffrey or Samuel playing, as, as you said, Trent Williams as well. But this is a game I think there's going to be a lot of backups in. You're not going to see the star players that you would have wanted to see. I mean, yeah, everyone wanted to see McCaffrey going up against the, the Vikings and Jefferson against the 49ers. But there's too many injuries for me, Robert. I'm going to take the seven points now while I can. My pick them already locked. So I got I got the Vikings and the under. How about you? Yeah, you know, I if if I had to really go ahead and just stamp a, 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 a an idea for who's starting tomorrow, I, I really don't think that we're gonna see McCaffrey. I think he's gonna probably miss week seven and, and quite possibly week eight. But once he comes back in week nine, he should be a hundred percent. Debo, Debo Samuel, I feel typically, you know, with an injury uh, of his type. Uh, it's you're supposed to be out at least one week, maybe two. But it, this is this is a whole nother kind of athlete. This is a next level kind of athlete. Right. So if I had to choose one or the other, I actually think we'll probably see Debo Samuel play um, with a mild performance hit. Um, if it just, I hope he just doesn't you know catch one of those balls over the middle and just gets blasted in the center of the slot because you know with a shoulder injury he gets hit high and that's going to probably just put him out even longer uh so no McCaffrey yes Debo Samuel um but you're you're absolutely right uh very very enticing for you know catching seven I I would probably think if we had to find any kind of a line movement just from a bookmaking perspective Ali I think we don't see that seven much longer Right. Um, and I, and actually, I think it'll probably, you know, drop down after we see uh, that Miami Philly game. It might even drop even lower to six and a half and, and lower. But so I will grab it now if you like points. Yeah. Uh, and that 44 seems to be a, a pretty solid number. Hasn't moved much. For very, very obvious reasons. Yeah, let's move on to the game because I don't have much else to say about this game. There's just too many question marks in the air. 
But one other game I'm looking forward to today is the Lions and the Ravens. Robert, what do we got for odds here? Excellent matchup. You're absolutely right. Baltimore, the host here, and we opened them up two, went a little too low, and bumped quickly right up to three, and that's where it's been at all week. So right now, the Ravens three in the total, 43. You know me, Robert. I've been loving the Lions since last year. Everyone called me crazy. I said they were going to surpass their win total. I said they would compete for a playoff spot. They did. They they actually, I thought, could have gotten in, but Seattle beat the Rams the last game of the season on a questionable call. I love this Lions team. I think that they're going to be dangerous come postseason time. I think the Ravens are a bit overrated. They did not look well when they played the Steelers two weeks ago. I think that they, at times, have trouble scoring. They took advantage of a Tennessee squad that just really is not that good over in London. However, for this game, there is one significant thing that makes me change my mind why I'm going to side with the Ravens over the Lions, and that's the Ravens' defense. I don't think that the Lions have seen a defense yet like the Ravens. Yes, they played the Chiefs week one. The Chiefs have a very good defense. But missing Chris Jones was a major part of that, why the the Lions were able to score how they did on offense. This, to me, Robert, is one where I'm going to go and side with the Ravens just because I think that being at home, they're going to be able to limit Goff and all his other playmakers. I'm on Raw. They also have, I believe, David Montgomery's out for the game and their rookie running back Gibbs. He hasn't really performed at all this season. I actually yeah. dropped him in my fantasy league. So for me, I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one. How about you? Yeah, if we just, again, you know, break down everything from a betting perspective and we take a look at the injuries, we'll probably see Jameer Gibbs back. This is probably where we start to see him get back and start to get uh, reps. You know, his workload typically, it's going to be lower on his first game back. Uh, the other one that I looked at actually was, uh, you know, what's going to happen here with, you know, David Montgomery. Uh, that's going to be pretty significant because he's been really, really good. Um, he's he's not playing. He's definitely not playing today. Uh, so we're, we're going to see him missing as well. And then and the latest one, of course, that came out really late was Sam Laporta. Um, the, he came on out of nowhere, and he's obviously mm-hmm. been one of the best receiving tight ends in the game. Um I, I, he's not going to play either, right? So all of these injuries are really starting to rack up. Yes, incredible season, five and one Detroit has been. But with Baltimore at home, different set of circumstances. And I think you're absolutely right, Ali. Uh, they're three points for a reason. This season has been one of those uh, where if you're finding yourself being the favorite, you're pretty much going to win straight up. The line is short enough to make me think exactly the same. So I think that the Ravens here do get the win and the cover as well. The Ravens are an interesting team, Robert, because they have had some bad losses against the Colts. And I believe I just said it two weeks ago against the Steelers, who I think yeah. the Steelers are a little bit overrated too, with their just given their record. What how do you view the Ravens in that crowded AFC? Are they a top three team, top five team? What do you what do you see from them? You know, I <laughs> Really, and we're going to probably circle back to, uh, you know, Cincinnati in a little bit. Um, you want to talk about a team that's about to turn it around. That's yeah. that's one that you want to go ahead and buy stock in very, very quickly. Uh, I, I really think that Baltimore needs to pick up wins. And these division matchups are going to be ones that are going to be weighed very heavily as we get towards the the latter part of the season. Uh Ultimately, what I what I feel is that these games are the ones that you're going to need to win because if you're not going to win the division, uh, you've got to rely on wild card, and then it's going to be a very very difficult climb to get through the AFC. Although I think that the AFC is a little bit more wide open right now 
than the NFC alley. Um, I I would probably think that you need to start picking up wins. These are big ones right here. Uh, And I I feel right now it's, I had to choose and flip a coin and take a look at one side or the other alley. I, I probably pick Cincinnati to win this division right now. (laughs) This, in my opinion, is the toughest division in the AFC. You You have the Browns who I've been saying are underrated all year. They're three and two. They won with their backup last week. Wait till Deshaun Watson comes back, who in the game before he got injured was starting to look a little like him, his old self. Cleveland, I think, has probably a top two, if not top defense in all of the league. That is a very severe underrated unit. You just mentioned the Bengals are up and coming. You're right, Robert. The Ravens have to win these games. They they, they just do because they're going to have competition within their own division, and it's not going to be – a walk in the park for them to win it. Everyone wrote off the Bengals a few weeks ago. They just rattled off two straight wins. Joe Burrow is getting healthier. He has a bye week to get even more healthy. I agree with you. I, I think the Ravens really just need to win these games or else they're going to start slipping in the standings. I mean, I don't see them winning this division. I, I agree with you. I think that the Bengals are going to win it. And I think the Browns are going to be right there. Call me crazy though. What do you think about those Browns? No, no, you're right. I mean, this is a defense. Look, a, a listeners at home could probably say, well, you know, they did this because San Francisco barely had any kind of a, a relevant offense, you know, at all. But I mean, they've been kind of been doing this all year. They've been that good all year long. And so it's not just that one game that we could kind of point to. It's It's been all season. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously this coming, we will we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But I just think that their defense is what's carrying them right now, because I, I don't know if. We're going to see, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. Who knows who's going to be the quarterback again this week? I mean, right. look, it's going to be Watson today. I That's what I can tell you. But it's just uh, it's an incredible defense that they've been put together. And you're right. Um, I, I can't really find a, another division that's this loaded right now. Yeah. All right. Well, Robert and I are going to take another quick break. And when we get back, we have two more games that we want to highlight for you guys. And then we'll get into our rapid fire round. So say, stay tuned, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. Let's get right into it, Robert, because we are getting short of time here. Bills Patriots, that's the next game I want to highlight. And I know people might be thinking it's one-sided, but we'll see how it goes from there. Robert, Bills Patriots, what are the odds? Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, we we opened this one up really high. Uh, Buffalo, nine and a half. Got bet down all the way to this morning where it's Buffalo only eight. And the total, ooh, this one's low, 40. So the Patriots have burned me, and I mean burned me bad the last few weeks. I thought that they would do very well against the Cowboys. They didn't. They then proceeded to get to lose to the Raiders, and I just can't trust this team anymore, Robert. This is a game that if I thought that that Mac Jones was even a decent quarterback, I would jump all over the points because Bill Belichick still has a good defense with the Patriots, but there is just nothing about this team that impresses me at all. I think that this is probably Bill Belichick's last season. He's going to be, he's going to go out, not on top, but I don't think he's going to get fired, but I think he is going to leave this team at the end of the year. And I don't see how this team's offense is just going to put up any points against the Bills defense. I know the Bills defense is a little banged up, but Mac Jones, Robert just looks worse and worse and worse every game. And it's not like Daniel Jones on our team where he has an excuse that we have the the worst offensive line in the game because the Patriots don't have a bad offensive line. This Robert, I just I don't like the number. I would not bet it. 
But for picking purposes, I just can't get burnt for the third straight week by the Patriots. So I'm just going to lay the points with the Bills. They were held to 14 points by our Giants last week, who we should have won. That was a pass interference <laughs> at the end of the game on Waller. I'll get to that later. But the Bills, they tend to bounce back when they have poor showings. You saw the first week when they lost to the Jets. They bounced back the following week and totally blew out their competition. They they did great against the, the Dolphins. I think that the Bills pull away pretty early in this one and don't look back. How about you? Yeah, I, I agree, right? And so what we take a look at, uh, Buffalo and New York obviously got involved in uh, quite the mudslinging match. And look, it's a lot has to go back to you know a key, another key injury, Josh Allen. You know, from just watching the video, it suggests like he had a mild AC strain right. uh, in his shoulder, right? So obviously what that means is you go ahead and you make that release. Everything hurts. It hurts the power on his throws, you know, but with his arm strength, Josh Allen's arm strength, and he's, he's built like a Mack truck, uh, you know, we're probably not going to really notice. You know, if you look at a similar injury, Derek Carr, it, it probably had the same. That one was worse, you know, and he has less throwing strength anyway. So I don't feel that that's going to play into today's game at all. I think that Josh Allen's going to feel uh, like he's going to be able to get plenty of his uh, targets in. You know, Diggs is going to get his. Everyone's going to get theirs. Uh, you know, but again, from New England's perspective, the the game plan was to spread the ball out, get Stevenson, uh, you know, as many carries as possible and just keep things, you know, flowing as as good as it can. Well, um, look, he... he Stevenson's, by the way, he's got a, a mild low ankle sprain as well. Uh, I don't know if he's got a risk of re-injuring it, but clearly not 100%. I really think that this is one of those games that Buffalo clamps down pretty heavily. I don't think New England gets the double digits in points, so this one looks like a Bills cover easy for me. Yeah, and I'm going with the under on this one as well. I just don't see the Patriots yep. scoring that much. Robert, what do you do if you're the Patriots? Do you try to salvage the season and trade for like a Kirk Cousins or someone else, or do you just ride with Jones, maybe throwing Zappy there? And I hate to say it, but tank for Caleb Williams in the number one overall pick. What do you think? Yeah, that's it's, it's exactly the latter, Ali. I mean, you you nailed it. You're one in five. Okay, so let's make some things perfectly clear. You're yeah, not and making... you're not winning your division. Like it, no, it, no, it's no, not... no. Yeah. you're not winning yeah. your division. You're not winning the playoff. You're making the playoffs. That's gone. It's it's gone. The the the, the current core that you have is going to have to be addressed. Uh, and it's, and it's not, you know, where would you always start? Allie, we always start a quarterback. You don't have one. You don't have one. You don't have a quarterback. Uh, it's not a question of, you know, does he have the offensive line to protect him? You know, many might point to, well, I don't have a lot of targets. You do. You have plenty of targets. <laughs> You're just not hitting them. Uh, and it's, it, it, it's just, you're going to have to go and, and find your way into another quarterback uh, and just build up again from the draft. Cause if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team. Well, if I'm Robert Kraft, that's kind of what I do. The Tom Brady era ended a couple seasons ago. I think it's time for the Belichick era to end, bring in a fresh new coach, let him draft the quarterback he wants and just start over. Is there anything wrong with that? No, no, not at all. You're absolutely right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't have gotten rid of Brady. I mean, he did still win a Super Bowl when he left you. <laughs> right. You should have just kept him. You should have just kept him. Uh, you're right. Uh, a fresh new look is probably what's looking forward to in New England. Yeah, totally agree. Mac Jones is not the answer. He, I, I think his starts are limited. Yeah. They'll try Zappy. Maybe they'll bring in someone else off a practice squad or something. But 
Jones is, uh, I don't think Jones has a starting job next year in the NFL anywhere. So that's my opinion. All right. The last game, Robert, I want to highlight. I had to do it, had to do it. There wasn't too many other pickings from, but the commanders and our New York giants, what are we looking at today? It's been a game that I needed to find a place to settle. Uh, Washington, my open two, uh, crept up to two and a half. Here we are Sunday morning and just a little bit before kick. Three. Washington is a three-point favorite. The total super low, 37 and a half. And it's obvious Daniel Jones is out, right, Robert? Yeah, you see, look, there's still a question as he's, you know, attempting to get to warm. Obviously, we're going to see the injury reports come out very, very shortly. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm not seeing him playing. I'm all going to go ahead on the record right now and say that to me, that report shows like he's got a muscle strain, uh, instead of a pinched nerve. So I wouldn't necessarily call it career threatening, <laughs> uh, you know, but the very limited data that we saw, you know, suggests that he's probably coming back in week number nine. Uh, so this is exactly why we're seeing Washington moving on their way up to a field goal right now, Allie. Until we get Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz and like a decent offensive linebacker, I would not put Daniel Jones back out there. I would not like you like that is quarterback suicide with what he went through the first three weeks of the season. Well, more than that, however many weeks of the season, Robert, this, this kid, and he gets so much trash talked about him, but he was playing behind an offensive line that he didn't even have a quarter of the second to get the ball out. And he's running for his life. He, it, it, it would be brutal to put him in that situation. It's kind of like when Tua had the concussion last year, don't play him, like let him recover. Same thing with Daniel Jones. Until you get this offensive line back in shape, do not threaten your franchise quarterback. Well, potential franchise quarterback. He is signed long-term. Well, short, short kind of long-term, but I would not put him back out there. Now going back to the game today, I think Washington's a beatable game. Tyrod Taylor looks pretty good. He seemed to have chemistry with with the receivers. They should I've mentioned before they should have beat the Bills last year. There was a little poor time management at the end of the game. Plus there was that no call on the pass interference on Darren Wall the last play of the game. The defense Robert finally looked like the defense that it should be. And going up against the Bills offense and limiting it to to 14 points, they're going to have a much easier job against Sam Howell and the Washington offense. So this is a game, and I know I said it about a few other games this year that are winnable, but I honestly believe that with Saquon back, we will do enough on offense as long as our defense can step up, generate the blitz. Sam Howell struggles under the blitz, and I think actually we can pull out the win. How about you? This is what I, I you know, you're absolutely right. And so if we we can't really start to see any kind of, uh, you know, clearance for Daniel Jones, then let's see what actually the New York Giants will have. It is Tyrod Taylor, and it's one week of pro-level snaps under his belt, right? Washington, now first off, so now the game's back at home in New York. The game will have you know all that practice and all those reps for him. So I think we'll see a, a, a marked difference uh, offensively, you know, uh, to the plus for New York. Not to mention, you know, Barkley, high ankle sprain, you know, those generally progress you know, from 80% to 90, 90. And then finally, after the fourth week, you're at 100% efficiency. So week seven is the second week of that. Uh, that being said, Barkley looked really good and really explosive yep. at times against Buffalo. We'll see an awful lot more of that against Washington. That's going to be the difference maker for me. And I think they do get the win outright here as well over Washington. 
Well, one thing too that benefits the game today is it's supposed. I'm in New Jersey right now. It is supposed to be very windy up in the Meadowlands today. I was actually going to go to the game, but decided not to. Robert, this just only can benefit the Giants with Barkley, and you have to run the ball on the ground, correct? Yeah, absolutely right. You know, I mean, Washington's going to have to deal with it as well. Uh, you know, they're obviously, you know, between Mitchell and and Gibson, they're going to end up, you know, doing everything they need to as well. But it's honestly, it's the defense that's going to probably play the key, the biggest role here, you know, and who's going to really decide the winner and the loser behind here. I think that's going to be the factor. You're absolutely right. Wind will play a factor in any kind of pro football game. Right. Uh, you're going to see an awful lot more run than pass. Uh, that's why that total is also significantly low, 37 and a half. There you go. Just kind of played it out there for you today. <laughs> I just want to see a score a touchdown. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that so hard to ask? Offensive oh. touchdown. I can't even tell you the last. What when was it? Week two was the last against the Cardinals. Was the last yeah. time we had an offensive touchdown? Like, gosh, let's just get out there, get a win. And Robert, I know, I know, we're going along on the Giants because that's what me and Robert like. But we do have an easier schedule coming up. We had a brutal start this, to the season. We get the Jets and the Raiders after the Commanders this week. I think we could – I just have that small glimmer of hope that we can rattle off a couple wins, and the NFC, too, is wide open. There's a lot of mediocre teams. I just think that we could get ourselves back in the wild card race, but we got. But we have to survive the next three weeks. If we can pull out two of the three wins and then get a healthy Andrew Thomas, a healthy Daniel Jones back, I think we might be okay. What do you think? You know, funny, as as opposed to, you know, New England in their situation, New York, who's also one in five, it's a completely different one in five, and you're – you're absolutely right. You know, obviously you got this game against Washington uh, Jets. You'll probably be a three point dog. If you look at the game in Vegas, probably be about a touchdown. But yeah, Dallas, Washington, you know, then you got New England before the bye. It's a whole different season by the time you get to the bye in uh, week number 13. So uh, it, it's not easy, clearly. And and this is you know, we talked about this before the season even began. The Giants have literally the toughest schedule amongst anyone in the NFL and it just doesn't make sense like how did this work out this way <laughs> it's so many tough games all the way here all the way around and I don't want to even get around to what's going to happen after the bye with games against Green Bay and then at Saints those are winnable Philly. games though the, I mean the Phillies <laughs> I don't know about that but right. if they're healthy you know the Rams are winnable so it's it's not out of the question it's not out no, of the no 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 it's it's not you're right it's not all right, well, Robert and I are going to take one more break, and then when we come back, we will do our lightning fire round, rapid fire round. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our rapid fire round. This is our favorite part of the show. We just keep going for the rest of the games on the slate this weekend and give a few quick sentences on our thoughts and our picks as well. Are you ready for this one, Robert? Let's go. All right, Falcons and Bucks. What do we got here? Tampa Bay, two and a half. And the total 37 and a half, another really low total, Allie. Tampa Bay coming off the bye week. Everyone knows that I do like Tampa Bay. I think that they are a little underrated. I picked them to win that AFC, that NFC South division. Falcons are another one that have has really surprised me with how they're playing. I think if they had mostly any other quarterback not named Desmond Ritter, they would be very much on top of the division. But in this one, Robert, I like the underdog here. I do like the Falcons. I think Baker Mayfield is very inconsistent and they're going up a, against a very improved Falcons defense on the other side. Yes. Desmond Ritter does struggle, 
but I think they're going to incorporate Bajan Robinson a lot more in this game. They're going to go up against, if you watch that, that game with the Eagles and the Bucks a few weeks ago, the Eagles just ran right all over them. I think if they utilize Rob Robinson, getting him in the game early, they're going to, they're going to maintain time of possession and win this one outright. What is your call on this one? Uh, I'll go ahead and just say, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. <laughs> <laughs> You know how this goes. Uh, yep. I, I can't rely on Ritter any longer. I, I do like Tampa here at home, especially rested off of the bye. Two and a half, nice short number. I'm actually surprised it didn't creep all the way up to three, so I'll take the home favorite here. Real quick, what do you think the Falcons are going to do? Are they going to trade for a quarterback? Because, you know, Kirk Cousins, the Vikings aren't going anywhere this season, especially if Je- Justin Jefferson's going to be out for the for the immediate future. Do you think they pull off a deal at the deadline and get maybe a better some someone's backup somewhere or do they trade for Kirk Cousins? What's your opinion? No, no, not not in Atlanta. I do not see them uh, looking to acquire anything more outside of what they've already done. Honestly, uh, three and three, they, they probably have to be patting themselves on the back, to be honest, uh, and, and feeling pretty good about themselves. I really just don't think that they're going to be in the market for anything else here as we reach the trading deadline. All right, next one, Robert. Browns and Colts. Colts just received word that Anthony Richardson is out for the year. My bet against you, Robert's looking even better. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yes, and you're, you're absolutely right. We opened this one up very, very early as pick, thinking exactly what we were going to see. We didn't really know how we, things were going to play themselves out, but here we are this morning. Browns on the road, a three-point favorite at Indianapolis with a total. Another low one, 41. And do we know who's starting quarterback for the Browns? This does look like it's going to be Watson today. Uh, You know, there's no injury connotation on him at all, and so he'll probably be there ready to go. The shoulder doesn't look like it's going to cause too much of a problem for him uh, as we get closer and closer to game time right now. Whether or not Watson starts, I always like the Browns in this matchup. I I, th- I do like Gardner Minshew a lot with the Colts, but he looked awful last week. I really thought the Colts could win that game, and he was just throwing interception after interception against the Jaguars. It was it was really not good. Now he goes up against the Browns that have, like I said earlier in the show, a top two defense in the league. I picked up the Browns defense for my fantasy team for a reason this week. I think that the Colts are going to struggle against the Browns the offense of the Browns are going to do enough that they need to do to win that, to win this game. I think that they win very comfortably here. Cleveland does Robert. What about you? Yeah. I'm going to have to side with you here as well. It's the defense that matters most here. I know that obviously everyone was taking a look and seeing what was going to happen with the return of Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. And we'll probably see an awful lot of run. Look, the Colts have a very good, well-balanced offense, uh, but I, I really think that there's going to be an awful lot of disruption coming from Cleveland's de- defensive top four, uh, and that's going to make up the difference today. The Cleveland gets the win, uh, a very, very short one. This one's probably going to be one of those where you find the last drive of the game is going to make the difference here. All right, Robert, Packers and Broncos race to who gets 10 points first. What do we got here? <laughs> Green Bay Packers opened one and a half. That was too high. Uh, so here we are as we approach, uh, you know, all of our morning games. Green Bay still a one-point favorite, however. Uh, the total uh, moved up from 44.5. Now it's a 46. Uh, this game just gives me a headache looking at it. I would never bet this game. And maybe I would take the under because I do think both these teams are bad. 
uh, I know I got burnt a few a few weeks in a row with the Broncos and not covering, but I got to side with the home team here. I just don't think either team is good when I look at the squad. I, I don't like either quarterback. I don't like either of their offenses, but I'm going to lead with the Broncos at home. I really don't have a good feel on this game. Jordan Love does not look like the franchise quarterback that the Packers had hoped him to be. I don't even think we've seen glimpses in the past few weeks. So I'm going to go with the Broncos who, you know, you could always get vintage Russell Wilson anytime, even though he has very much regressed, but I hate, I hate to hold my nose and do this, but I'm going to go with the Broncos, Robert. How about you? (laughs) I'll go the other way here. I do like Green Bay. We are going to get a uh, healthy, I'll put a question mark. We are going to see for sure the return of Aaron Jones, Uh, limited workload, uh, you know, but He's probably going to be, you know, at about 100% efficiency, probably leaning more towards week number eight because we're going to see him far more offense coming from Green Bay's perspective. I think they do pick up the win here on the road. All right. Next one, Robert Cardinals and Seahawks. What do we got here? So this is one that we opened up very, very high. We had the Seahawks as a nine point favorite. This one's been bet all the way down to seven and a half in the afternoon slate. The total has been uh, set and it's kind of hasn't really moved much. Forty four and a half here. Yeah, this one, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I still think the Seahawks are overrated. The Cardinals are gritty. They have been in very close games in recent weeks. This is still a division rivalry game, and you got to be careful with big spreads like that in a division rivalry game. I'm going to go with the cards covering here. How about you, Robert? You know, I I feel that the offense that Seattle has is going to be just complex enough to pick up the win and cover. Uh, At nine, really wasn't too interested, but at seven and a half, I feel that that's going to be enough of a cushion to get over that hump. Um, Arizona's, you look, outside of the, you know, the one win that they had on the year, they really looked... uh, anemic is probably the best word that I could use in their game against LA. I really don't think it's going to be much more of a difference as they head up further North into Seattle. So we're we're probably going to see another slow playing offense, try and figure itself out as we, you know, move on to week number seven's games. All right, Robert Steelers and Rams. What about this one? So Pittsburgh here on the road in LA, LA really starting to find their form here, obviously getting an awful lot healthier, uh, opened this one up three, stayed at three, and the total now 44 and a half. This is one, and I do think the Rams are dangerous now that they got Cooper Cup back, but there's something about the Steelers team, even though I think they're a little overrated, that they they can they can win this one because I do like Mike Tomlin coming off of a coming off a bye. I do like the way he coaches. I think that they have I believe they're getting Deontay Johnson back this week. Is that correct? He's likely playing. That's absolutely correct. So that's going to be a huge boost for their offense. I think this is going to be a back and forth game. I think it's going to end with a field goal. In that case, I'm going to take the points. How about you? Yeah, taking the points definitely makes sense. I feel that as we take a look and play into the day games, stick around because we actually might see even more of a push towards the Rams. If that game goes to three and a half, that's where I would probably want to make a you know a decision from a betting perspective to grab three and a half with Pittsburgh, uh, you know. But right now, the game number three, and obviously another thing you want to look at for Kyron Williams uh, suggests that low ankle. Very rarely you are pulled out, but I think this is because it's got such a high severity to it. We're probably not going to see him play. That's going to make right. a big big difference today. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers in that one, too. Good point about Williams. I almost forgot about that one. All right, last one, Robert. Raiders and Bears. I don't even know who's quarterbacking for each team this week. What have we got? 
<laughs> the Raiders open three and a half. Kind of danced around that number all week as we approach this this very early slate. Right now, three, what the Raiders are favored by, and the Bears' total is 38. I like the under on this one, but do we know the status of Garoppolo and Fields and what the backup situation is? Yeah, we're, we're probably not going to see uh, – we're probably not going to see Fields uh, we probably will see Garoppolo at this point because if this just, you know, when you look at the hand injury that, that Justin Fields had, uh, it was probably going to make just enough of a difference because it's to his throwing hand as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's why it's going to be obviously a, a big difference. So it's uh, Tyson Badgent. Tyson Badgent's going to be the quarterback uh, as he picked up duties for Chicago. And that's exactly why we're looking at the Raiders. Uh, despite all their injuries as a three-point favorite. I just feel that we're going to probably see a little bit of a better performance, uh, you know, from the Raiders' perspective than in Chicago right now, who are still one and five. Yeah, Tyson Badgett. I just, I had to Google him, and he played college football for the Shepherd Rams. I don't even know what that school is. (laughs) That being said, said, I would not bet this game. But I would take the points with with the with, with the backup quarterback and the Bears. I think this is going to be very low scoring. I think the Bears do enough to stay in this game. I don't think they win, but I'm going to go with the Bears here, Robert. How about you? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's going to be much scoring here. As a matter of fact, I feel that Chicago is going to probably end up somewhere between 17 and 20 points. Probably not going to be enough to pick up the win. This is one of those weird ones, uh, and I actually don't know if we're going to probably even see that three stick around much longer. So if you like the points here with Chicago at home, grab it now as you could probably see this number dipping to two and a half, even lower as we approach game time. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I hope everyone enjoys their football Sunday. Good luck with your bets. Hopefully Robert and I provided some insight that'll help you, or maybe you'll go opposite to us if you think (laughs) we're wrong. But before we sign off, Robert, any last thoughts or words for the audience? Yeah, Ali, this is always so much fun, you know, going over all these games. And obviously you'll see all of these lines, side total money line, in addition to a boatload of propositions on each game right on our platform, zensports.com. Thank you so much for listening today. All right, everyone. Take care and happy Sunday.